Give a little time for the child within you. Don't be afraid to be young and free. Undo the locks and throw away the keys and take off your shoes and socks and run you. It's Jordan, Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, disappointed by a candle. God, I don't like to start our show yeah. with. I don't know if I can do the show of... today, Jesse. Just like not in the headspace, you know. I've, I've, I've been, I've been through some shit this week. With a, with a disappointing candle? With a disappointing candle. Yeah. I guess I could get into it. I don't want to bum everybody out, but I, I could get into it. Did you uh, light it on fire and the room got darker? <laughs> yeah, it's one of those opposite candles <laughs> by those jokers at the Acme Company. <laughs> no, it... Okay, so this, is, this ties back into a, a, an episode of Jordan Jesse Go. Um, that we taped a few weeks ago. This is with uh, Carly Weisel, who I think we all agree was a great guest. Sure. And, I mean, not just a great guest, America's premier theme park journalist. America's premier theme park journalist, as as good a podcast guest as you can hope for. Great response to the episode. She's welcome back anytime. I clicked on a theme park-related trending topic on Twitter. Guess who was the uh, top post right there? Um, that was probably Carly Weisel. No, it was goofy. <laughs> right. I can't remain silent any longer. <laughs> um, so on the podcast, the topic of French bread candles came up. And I was thrilled at the prospect of a French bread candle. I love, I'm having a real scented candle moment in my life. I'm watching my carbs. So the idea of having like, a bread candle, which is like, I'm like, this is perfect. This is exactly the shit I need in my life right now. Uh, went on to Amazon, found the most popular French bread candle, ordered it up. Wait, hold, 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 hold. I haven't skipped anything. You skipped? How how many different French bread candles are available on Amazon.com? A lot. A lot. What did you sort by? Four stars and up? <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I mean, I just, I just, you know, just kind of looked and looked, you know, looked at the ratings. And, oh, and there was, I think the one that I picked, it was like, it had that little red indicator, like five left, you know. And that always, mm-hmm. like, motivates me to buy. When I see that, like, oh, there's only a few left, you know, I, you know, my, uh, my fight or flight response kicks in. Uh, and I fight. You fight a candle. And I fight a candle <laughs> to the death. Uh, and by fight, yeah, in, 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 at this point in my life, fight means <laughs> quickly buy something on Amazon. Right. Um, so I get this French bread candle. A couple days later, I get, a, I get it. And this is a significant, this isn't like a little guy. This is a three wick chonker. You know these three wick chonkers. I'm sorry. There's three wicks in this candle. Three wicks. You know that kind of like it's a yeah, he's a big boy. A thick, I knew there were three wicks in Keanu Reeves' film career. <laughs> right, the three John Wick film. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> this is the Keanu Reeves' filmography of candles. Is this is a real type of candle? It has three wicks in it. Yeah, I mean, I, I. Yeah, right? Would you I don't know. I don't know. Maybe you're not a huge candle guy like me. I'm Mr. Candle. Do you have you not seen like a big a big old three wick candle? I mean, I didn't know you were a candle guy. I'm candle guy. Uh, when I first knew you, we were both RAs uh, and we knew what a, f- a fire hazard having an open flame in your room can be. Well, now I don't give a fuck. 
<laughs> wow. If anything catches on fire, I just want my house to be filled with scents. You've completely forsaken the, the RA lifestyle. I you have. probably don't even have condoms on hand at all times. No, I'm not giving out condoms. I'm not giving out dental dams. I'm not putting a stop to drum circles. <laughs> Wait, when you st- we're, we're doing the opposite of what an RA would do. So you're not not giving out dental dams. <laughs> no one, did anyone ever come to you and ask for a dental dam? Yeah, but they just needed something to wrap up a sandwich with. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so yeah, so I'm, I, 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 I like it. I like a candle. This was, I'm like, and you know, the, the three wickers are pricier than the one wickers, but I was so convinced I was going to love this that I got the three wicker. Plus, they're probably not three times more expensive. It's a good value. Yeah, it was. It was. I mean, but it's you know, it's it was it was pricey for a candle. Um, but I'm okay. worth it. I don't know if you knew that, but I'm worth it. Yeah. Hashtag self care. Hashtag self care. Chonky three wicker. Hashtag chonky three wick. <laughs> and so I so the a couple of days go by. You know, the the package is out in the in the foyer of my building. Mm-hmm. It's heavy. I can tell. Right. I'm like, oh, this is my candle. This is my French bready. <laughs> and I, oh, you know, I use my key to open the top, and I open it up, and out comes the worst fucking smell I have ever smelled, <laughs> and that includes puke and shit. I'm including puke and shit in this. Speaking of our RA days. Yeah, right? Uh, it was... Oh, it was so awful. I just couldn't believe how bad this thing smelled. And I like, you know, the box smelled. The box smelled awful. And I like went in, you know, I opened her up, let those, you know, let the wicks out. Um, and who it, let the wicks out? Who, 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 who? Um, boy, I wish the Baja men would have shown up <laughs> to take this candle back to their hometown, wherever it, it may be. Baja, California, I'm guessing. Maybe. Yeah, I feel like they were Trinidadian, but I'm not, I can't well, remember. They're from Baja. Mistaken. There's probably a lot of Bajas out there. Yeah. Yeah, this smelled so bad. I, uh, and, and I put it in the yard. I just put, there's a shared yard behind my apartment building, and I just put it out there. Maybe someone will want it. And as I'm like leaving this candle, I noticed on the top, the candle, the name of the candle company was S&M Candles. So I'm like, is this a, is this candle smell so bad because someone like gets off on punishing themselves from bad smells? Is that a kind of like self punishment? You haven't done stank play? No, I, I haven't. Boy, I, I know my my sex life has been a little too vanilla. I guess I haven't done stank play. You're you know about S and M, but you don't know about T and S Toots and Stank. Oof, no, boy, educate me. Yeah. I need to. I mean, I need to spice things up. It's one of the funkiest adult activities. I don't know how I feel about incorporating stanks into my lovemaking. <laughs> no, you don't. There's no actual penetrative act. It's purely stank-based. Stink, stank, stunk. Yeah. So find folks at S&M Candles. If your goal was to hurt me with your candle, fucking mission accomplished. How many other candles are in your life, Jordan? I think I have three candles right now that, I, that I'm loving. Okay. I've got one going right now. I've got a tobacco flower. Tobacco flower? Tobacco flower. Yeah, it's great. What What are the other two? Oh, boy. There's a mint and then another one that I don't know. Um, yeah. I, I got a mint and a tobacco flower and then something else that's hanging around. But I got to use those up, you know? A mint candle. A mint candle. It's a great scent. I was, sort of was aware that 
at the outlet mall, there's like a candle store. Yeah. That only sells candles. And I figured there was probably a section on, on Etsy, or as my dad used to call it, Etsy. <laughs> um, <laughs> R.I.P. my dad. <laughs> a true legend in mispronouncing Etsy. Great dad mistake. Great dad mistake, by the way. That's, that's, I mean, that's what you want from a dad. You want, you, want, you want them to pronounce a modern thing a little bit wrong. I said to him, before he passed away, I said to him, Dad, do you want to be remembered for your work in the veterans' anti-war movement or uh, in the independent living movement? Do you want to be known as the, the loving father of, of three beautiful uh, children? Uh, and he said, remember me as I lived, mispronouncing Itzi. Beautiful. Beautiful. Is Etsy another website? It's got to be, right? <laughs> I'm sure it is. The other thing my dad would say, uh, he remembered your name, Jordan. Mm-hmm. I think because he met you when uh, he was, you know, only like 50-ish. Uh, but uh, uh, John Hodgman, the, the host of the show, uh, of which I'm the co-host, mm-hmm. the Judge John Hodgman podcast, he consistently referred to as uh, he, would, he would check in on both of you. He would, he would always ask after you, Jordan. He'd say, how's Jordan? I'd tell him. He'd say, how's your friend Houseman? <laughs> it's very funny. Your friend Houseman. Houseman sounds like the rowdy guy in a frat movie. <laughs> yeah, Fucking sure. Houseman's doing a keg stand. You can't stop Houseman. I think it would work either as the rowdy, the rowdy guy in a... And this is something special about these two categories, I think. But it would work either as the rowdy guy in a frat movie... Or as like an antiques collecting detective on British television. <laughs> sure, both work. Who fucking mm-hmm. loves to do a keg stand? Yeah. Should we introduce our guest on the program? I'd Find love out to. What, what kind of candles he's got going on? Yeah, let's hear about our guest's candles. Uh, he's a he's a comics writer and artist uh, behind. Uh, uh, I mean, among other things, uh, you're looking at Adventure Time comics. Uh, you're looking at Doctor McNinja. Uh, you're looking at um, something called uh, Gwenpool. I don't understand what that is. Oh, Gwenpool's really uh, good. I read Gwenpool. It's great. One of our one of our guests' finest achievements. I I literally read the the Gwenpool Wikipedia, which, needless to say, is extensive. Mm-hmm. I did not follow what Gwenpool is. <laughs> I tried so hard to understand. It has something to do with being with variant covers. Um, uh, also one of the, uh, uh, one of the Dungeons and Dragons players on the Rude Tales of Magic podcast, Christopher Hastings. Hi, Chris. How are you? Hello. Hello. Thank you so much for having me, uh, to come explain the Gwenpool Wikipedia article. (laughs) Yes. So, uh, now this is Marvel initially, this is my understanding. Marvel initially produced two stories featuring Gwenpool as a character, a backup story in the series, Howard the Duck. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and a one-shot oh, Gwenpool holiday special. <laughs> They're like, yeah, we've got an idea. If this if this Howard the Duck story doesn't doesn't hold water, we'll have a backup about Gwenpool. <laughs> would you Would you like to know why she debuted in Howard the Duck? It's saucy. Yes. Uh, yes. Well, first of all, I'd like to know why Howard the Duck still exists. <laughs> what are the circumstances oh. surrounding that? Still a good comic about a, an angry duck in a world of superheroes. <laughs> was Howard the Duck a, a Marvel character in the pre-Howard the Duck the movie comic book days? Or did they, like, acquire Howard the Duck? 
Uh, yeah, he is an original Marvel character and was quite hot in the 70s. Uh, uh, I, I recently read a history of, like, a, an unauthorized history of Marvel Comics, and um, there were Howard the Duck ripoffs that were happening. Howard the Duck was so hot for a time. <laughs> like Jerry the Goose? <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say you read an unauthorized history of Howard the Duck. Like, fucking Howard the Duck wouldn't give permission <laughs> to the biographer. He's like, I won't do any interviews. Um, okay, so Howard the Duck, has Howard the Duck continuously existed since the 70s? Uh, I believe, you know, he... he as are many Marvel characters, they kind of go into hibernation for a while and uh, and then come back for brief periods of time to renew their copyright. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, excellent. Okay, so we've cleared up the Howard the Duck situation. F- follow-up question, what is a Gwenpool? Sure, happy to uh, get into the entire history of that um, because I'm allowed to talk about it now because, um, you know, Disney owns everything. Um uh, and which is part of the the key to the situation. So we we all know that uh, the jokester Deadpool. Oh yeah, um, he doesn't take anything seriously. <laughs> oh brother, he's a real cut up. Yeah, right. I've seen his billboards. He vandalizes them himself. <laughs> <laughs> Too irreverent. He doesn't respect anything, including the fourth wall. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, so there's a, you know there's practice in comic books where uh, it's it's very easy to um, take uh, comic book collectors for a little bit more money by printing the same comic with multiple um, variant covers, mm-hmm. um, and it's just a way to get them to buy the same comic more than once. Um, so uh, they did a Marvel did a month where uh, every single one of uh, their comics. Uh, had a variant cover that sort of imagined what if uh, Gwen Stacy, uh, Spider-Man's ex-girlfriend who was tossed off a bridge by the Green Goblin, uh, sort of came back as a different hero, a la uh, Spider-Gwen, where uh, she is the one bitten by the radioactive spider instead of Spider-Man. And so one of these uh, was what if Gwen Stacy was Deadpool or Gwenpool. Um, And uh, this cover design... Um, just uh, did incredibly well. Uh, the, not just like the sales of the actual comic itself, but like there was a lot of cosplay and there was a lot of fan art and there was a lot of this sort of um, heat behind a character that didn't exist. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and so, uh, you know, the Marvel Comics Company said, uh, we, we need to do something about this. Um, but there were some legal issues. Um, and so the reasoning is, is that a long time ago, um, Marvel sold all of their X-Men characters to Fox. Um, and that includes Deadpool. Uh, they also sold all of their Spider-Man characters to Sony and that includes Gwen Stacy. Um, and they are not, or they weren't at the time in the business of giving away free characters to other (laughs) movie studios. Uh, so they came to me and said, Hey, uh, you write a lot of weird mashup <laughs> shit. Um, <laughs> can you figure out how to make this Gwenpool character work without her being Gwen Stacy or related to Deadpool? Oh, and by the way, she has to have her first appearance in the back of Howard the Duck because of the legalities of debuting new characters. Um, if she appears first as a Howard the Duck character, 
Howard the Duck is owned by Marvel. And so Gwenpool, after appearing in three issues of Howard the Duck, is officially a Marvel character and off the table for Fox or Sony. Wow. That is fascinating. <laughs> it's, it's amazing. I'm so glad I'm finally allowed to say it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and the problem bef- the problem before was that uh, Jack Dorsey and the other Silicon Valley libs didn't want your voice to be heard. <laughs> uh, of course, I still got problems with that. Now, follow up. My understanding is that so far she has yet to reveal the details of her old life, though she did tell Rocket Raccoon <laughs> that she is not lactose intolerant. <laughs> Boy, maybe I missed that one. Uh, I didn't write that one. Uh, that was uh, that was in a uh, a rocket raccooning Groot um, storyline written by uh, I believe Nick Coker. Mm. Okay, follow up, second follow up. Can you confirm or deny that upon gaining the ability to manipulate the borders of the fourth wall from an attempt to return her to reality, allowing her to travel in time, Gwen retcons the Marvel universe into believing her to be a mutant after being given the idea by Kamala Khan, allowing her to enter the gates of Krakoa? Uh, yes, <laughs> that also happens, and that also was not written by me. That was written by <laughs> Leah Williams. Yeah, dude, fucking spoiler <laughs> alert, man. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if she ever comes back, she's technically a mutant now, I think. So... Uh, so- Gwen, I read, I, listen, I'm a Hastings fan. If Hastings right and I'm buying, I read Gwenpool. It is great. It is a, it is a team up book where she teams up with a bunch of other, uh, uh, Marvel characters to fight MODOK, the mechanical organism designed only for killing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and wh- not muscles, millions of unusual small creatures <laughs> lurking everywhere. No, you're thinking, yeah, <laughs> MODOK is totally different. It's a mechanical organism designed only for killing. Oh, it's not a little pink rubber toy dressed like a fantastical wrestler? No, it's a big head in a floating chair. <laughs> Got it. Uh, and one of the team-up characters is, <laughs> is, is the, like, greatest D-list, like, pulled-out-of-obscurity character of all time is Bartok the Leaper. <laughs> There's a French guy who leaps. <laughs> he can also kick very good. <laughs> yeah, he's also good at kicking. I mean, if you have, if you got the leaping muscles, all it takes is a, you know, you just got to look at it sideways and all of a sudden you're kicking. Chris, was that your idea to like bring him into the story or were they like, we're trying to move some Bartok toys? Would you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, first off, I, uh, I hate to correct a pronunciation, but it is Batrock. I'm sorry. Um, I'm s- and I think this might give you so. a clue as to who wanted him in the book. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's pronounced Batrock, Jordan, but you might know it is Batcore. <laughs> mm, <sure>. It's a, <laughs> yeah. I um I think Batrock is so goofy. Um, I really wanted him. I I I've tried to make Batrock happen in a comic that I've written for Marvel before a couple of times, and this one they're like, all right, fine, go for it. <laughs> Do you have to like, do you have to like, uh, I'm a the way I'm imagining it is, you know how when the like detectives go out on a special mission on a cop show, they go down to that like rolling her eyes, I've seen everything lady who's behind like a, a chicken wire fence and they have to ask for special guns. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have to do that to ask for bat rock? Uh, you have to do it to ask for anything. <laughs> oh man. Uh, yeah, um, the the Marvel interconnected universe is uh, strictly guarded by uh, the woman uh, behind the fence. 
Excellent. <laughs> so do you have to like notarize something and 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 pass it to a, a guy who passes it to a lady and then they shake their head silently no uh, there's a lot of shaking their heads silently no i'll say that <laughs> uh but chris though uh boy going far back to old jordan jesse go running jokes chris is actually the one who introduced is it chip dipson or dip dobson into marvel continuity Oh yeah, that's right. Um, I I put Chip Dipson into Marvel continuity because of because of your your program. Yeah, he's a he's a scientist, uh, and he's appeared. Uh, he was in Longshot Saves the Marvel Universe and in Secret Agent Deadpool. Man, so I mean, I I'm just kind of looking ahead here because you know, it, because of the nature of Disney Plus, every Marvel character will at least get their own miniseries. <laughs> when the Chip Dipson miniseries comes up, I mean, I mean, we're all in in some way, right? They have to involve us. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, they should probably in- involve. Was it Jordan's friend from high school who thought that would be a good name for a character? Something along those oh, I lines. I forget the origins. Yeah, yeah. If I we'll go back, we'll go back to the tapes. If it was someone's idea that I stole, uh, we'll cut them in. <laughs> Jordan, can I make a request? Here? Way, yeah, it could have been my friend from high school, Hector Fernandez. If I do not want to take money out of Hector Fernandez's mouth, uh, we'll we'll go to the tapes. We'll go to the Jordan Jesse Go archivist. I mean, there's there's uh there's a real question here, which is why is Hector eating money? Uh, but <laughs> the the other question it's is it's a fetish. It's like uh, it's like stink play. <laughs> <laughs> it's stank play, but you might know it as stonk core. Oh, excuse me. Um, so uh, uh, what I'm wondering is if it would be possible for us not to go back to the tapes. Yeah, let's just not go back to the tapes <laughs> <laughs> and ask others not to do the same. Yeah, great. So that's settled. That's settled. Um, a fascinating bit of Chris's life that I wanted to bring up that I think will be of interest to everybody is that at one point you owned New York's cutest dog. Um, I I still I still uh, take care uh, for New York's cutest dog. Um, <laughs> so uh, yeah, there was. Um, so I have a very cute dog. Uh, a very cute Pomeranian. Um, his name is Commissioner Gordon. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just call him, you know, we just call him Gordon around the house, yeah. of course. Um, he doesn't He doesn't need to get a big head. Do you ever call him Gordy? Uh, we, we call him a Gordo sometimes. We'll, we'll, mm. we'll, we'll, I recommend a... Gordy. It's a, both a famous film pig <laughs> and it was what my college counselor's wife called him. Mm. Ah. We knew right. him as Mr. Well, Chalmers, but... She knew him as Gordy. Gordy, Gordy to the misses. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll give it a shot and see if he cares in the slightest what I call him. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see if he learns English. <laughs> yeah, all of a sudden it, that'd be remarkable. Yeah. Um, so the some some years ago there was um, there was a contest uh, put on by uh, an upstart dog food company called the Million Dollar Cutest Dog Competition. Um, and the idea being that, uh, through a series of weekly contests, uh, going then to a semifinals round, um, and then a finals, um, uh, a cutest dog, uh, would be voted on by the internet and the owners would receive $1 million. Um, uh, my dog is extremely cute. And, yeah, it's real cute. Uh, we thought, you know what, I, we would really love to have some of that money just for having to you know for the the price of owning a cute dog yeah i mean chris <laughs> uh, 
uh, why stop at some of the money when you could win the entire money? Exactly. Exactly. And, yeah. you know, I mean, obviously, so, I mean, you don't know. I mean, it costs so much to put a dog through college these days, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yes, it does. Yeah, I would recommend, <laughs> it, if you won, I would recommend putting it in some kind of annuity <laughs> or a trust. Right. I agree. If I had if I had that much money, I would be responsible with it. Or one of those uh, uh, health savings plans that you can use to buy prescription eyewear tax free. <laughs> oh, well, that's the smart money. Because sometimes you can just use buy regular sunglasses with that if you want. There's some left over at the end of the year <laughs> from your million dollars. Sounds like you're reading another Wikipedia article. <laughs> sure. It's actually still the Gwenpool one, weirdly enough. <laughs> After you left the book, it went to some strange new places. Yeah. Um, all right. So, we, you know, we put the dog in the contest. Um, and uh, it was so it, it was a series of weekly like contests to see who gets in the finals. And so. It's a popular vote, and um, Twitter was around at the time, and I had enough Twitter followers to basically guarantee that he got voted through with a wide margin anyway. It didn't even matter if he was cute or not, <laughs> um, <laughs> quite honestly. But the dog um, is like, cute. I, don't, I think it's not— We want to be very clear. Yeah. He's extremely cute. If you Google search Commissioner Gordon dog, you will find pictures of my dog. He looks great. Is, has he ever met a dog named Batman? Uh, you know what? There are some times when he comes home and I can tell he has, but he won't tell me. <laughs> right. He's got to keep Batman's identity a secret. I get that. Oh, God. you know, I never I never considered that's why he was being so weird. Of course, Batman's got to be somebody mm. that we know. Oh, I, I found your dog. <laughs> Look at this guy. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Love it. All right. So the dog wins his first week and that gets us $500 just Right okay, it's um, pretty far away from a million, but I mean, hey, no. Well, there's there's tears. I mean, depending on what kind of sunglasses you're buying, that's right. still a pretty good, you know. <laughs> I was able to get at least three pairs of sunglasses from pretty that good. Mm-hmm. Um, so at, at this point, um, the contest starts attracting um, more and more attention um, from just everywhere as as the weeks go by and other people figure out. Um, not how to put up the cutest dogs, but how to game the system. Mm-hmm. And um, there's like one person got their dog through via like a Facebook community dedicated to the old Facebook game uh, Mafia, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, and uh, and then like anytime the uh, the dog food company would like post something about the contest, there was a whole community in the comments that like they would post a list of all of their dogs and they swore that they were going to vote each other up in the hopes that this like this group of like uh, the bloggy doggies, they they called themselves. Wow. Um, one of them would like come, you know, come into play. And at one point, this woman emailed me to like tell me that I cheated um because you you know uh famous comic book celebrity thing i mean it's i say it like it's ridiculous but i'm like yeah I, I, you know we did kind of have a lot of twitter followers handle that one so <laughs> yeah i mean you had um, but also had jeremy make an algorithm to declare you the coolest host of sports night <laughs> <laughs> oh i miss sports night yeah sports yeah, night's great what do you think the sport yeah. what do you yeah. think cannot like like in the world of sports night what do you think they're up to right now hope jeremy and natalie are fucking yeah <laughs> they gotta be they gotta be how can those two keep they their hands be. off each other right now it's kind of late you know yeah go for it mm-hmm. 
you two hmm. gorgeous nerdy bastards. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this woman that emailed me who was pretty rude, um, I, uh, I, I like, clicked through to see her dog, and her dog didn't have eyeballs. What? <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, I mean, like... I mean, that is both very difficult to vote against and not the traditional definition of cute. <laughs> it's, it's, this isn't the most inspiring dog contest. Yeah. But maybe if we're going for inspirational dogs who function without eyes, but... My aunt has a dog without any eyeballs, and it's a very sweet dog. I love this dog. Sure. I like to pet it, but it it looks like a cross between a dog and a, like a horror movie character. Yeah, yeah. That that's an that's an easy design choice for a horror movie. Just take the eyeballs out. Yeah. Yep. I mean, I think we can all agree that when you're, you know, obviously cuteness, there's a lot to consider, but a huge factor in cuteness, it's the peepers. <laughs> yeah. Sure. And you know what? Ideal situation, you highlight the peepers with what? A nice pair of frames right. from what's left over in your budget at the end of the year. Jesse, are you getting some sort of lens crafters kickback I don't know about? <laughs> you got to go to your independent optometrist. They're really going to help you beat the system. <laughs> so wait, so you're getting you're getting harassed online by a oh, Facebook just a dog little bit. With, with, who owns a dog with no eyes. Yeah. Um, but uh, so, yeah, but basically that's just like there's a lot of drama moving forward. And eventually um, Gordon gets into the finalists. Um, so he's, he's in the top four and uh, which immediately qualifies us for five thousand dollars, even if we lose, which was great. Yeah. Right. Um, and but you're competing against, you said, dog with a blog. Uh, <laughs> none, none of the dogs with blogs uh, made it to the top four like actual cute dogs made it into the top four okay Hold, uh, um pause pause dogs that's fun anyway that's yeah a, uh that's a good time so dog with a blog that's something but what is it yeah i know i know that i know that as a poll too but i don't know where it came from it's a children's television program that aired uh after we were children okay yeah, it had Beth Littleford from The Daily Show on it. Oh, are you looking at that Wikipedia, or did you have that off the dome? No, I'm looking at the Wikipedia. Oh, okay. Well, thank you for being honest, Jesse. We don't have the video chat up now, so you could have just you could have just like played it off like you know everything about Dog with a Blog, and I appreciate that you were honest with us. And I think our listeners appreciate yeah. it, too. Yeah. What's A. Whitney Brown up to? That's what I'm wondering. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. A Daily Show <laughs> 1.0 people? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> they did good work. Um, so you've got you're so five thousand bucks is on the line. Oh, uh, five thousand bucks is uh, already in the bank. It's it's whether you get one million right. uh, minus that five thousand. That is such a jump uh, from five hundred to five thousand to one. Or are there more steps before a million? Well, I mean, let's be honest. Um, uh, you know, it's actually thirty thousand dollars a year is what was what the prize was. Oh, sure. um, so, so was it $1 million in total prizes, or was the Grand Championship a $1 million? The Grand Championship was $1 million, but oh. I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. Okay. Uh, okay. Because <laughs> you got, I mean, you got to make it out of the semis first. Yeah, exactly. Um, so uh, it's at this point when th- things are heating up a little bit, and uh, uh, amongst all this drama and all of these angry people who swear that their dog... Uh, makes them deserve this money, uh, they start digging into the details of this dog food company and find that the uh, people who own it um, have got some lawsuits in their past 
um, about paying vendors um, and um, mm. not like supplying good products and such. Um, and then also at this time, uh, the company has somehow figured out how to talk to Oprah's people. And um, I had a phone call with Oprah's producer that they were going to fly us in with the dog to announce the winner on Oprah. And then uh, whenever that was announced, all these angry people alerted Oprah <laughs> that mm -hmm. um, the company was very shady <laughs> and the segment got canceled. A lot, um, of, a lot of people with Oprah's phone number here. <laughs> I think, uh, yeah, I think they just emailed. It's just Oprah at Gmail. <laughs> right, Oprah, yeah. Didn't try and hide it at all. You know, if I if I had to pick one person in this whole story, beside, of course, a comic book celebrity, Christopher Hastings, who had Oprah's email address, you know who I would pick? Hmm. Dog with a blog. Yeah. I mean, he's already, I mean, you have to have an email address to sign up for a blog, I imagine, right? Yeah. Yeah, you got to have Oprah's email address to sign up for a blog if you're a dog. Right, it's the only way you can get one. Yeah, credibility. Uh, so the whole fucking thing is shut down. How does how does your dog then become New York's cutest dog? Right. So thing, things uh, things are kind of falling apart, and uh, ultimately they declare the winner to be a frankly less cute dog than Gordon. Um, and a lot of it had to do with the already wealthy owner. Uh, just like really making a public case about the fact that she was going to be donating the money to charity. Whereas uh, my wife and I, uh, who we were not married at the time, we were like, we're going to use this, uh, you know, we knew it was like a $30,000 upfront payment. We we're like, we're going to use that to pay for our wedding. And then, you know, we'll use the rest of the money to, you know, maybe buy a house someday. <laughs> and yeah. uh, they're like, no, you know what? The, the charity is a better story. Um, and so they decided the other one would win. Um, so we didn't win, but we still got, you know, that, uh, that $5,000, you know, New York's cutest dog money. Um, except, uh, time goes on and the check never shows up. And, um, we're like, what's going on? And, uh, suddenly like people aren't answering the phones at their office. And when somebody does, they don't know, they've never heard of this company before, and um, we did manage to actually eventually get a check, um, but it bounces. Oh God! <laughs> Fucking fly by night. So did this? Did the person who won the million? Did they ever get it? The person who won the million bucks? Um, well, uh, I'll I'll get I will get to that. Okay. There, okay. It, it, there's not a clean answer on that. I'm sorry to say. Um, <laughs> so we, you know, Is we're there like a nasty, dirty answer. <laughs> Like a stanky candle. Yeah. All nasty, like a do fucking to, French bread candle. Do they have to pound their way to a million dollars? I don't, I mean, I don't, I don't know what they do with their time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Let's not judge them, okay? I don't know, I don't know no. what this dog does. Uh... <laughs> Sorry, I don't mean to stank shame. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we had a really hard time just trying to get them to like talk back, like to answer the phone, answer an email, whatever. And I was like, I was like, God, how do we, I was like, cause we, you know, we have this check, we have proof that like we've been defrauded. <laughs> and I was like, but you know, I'm like, do we sue them? I don't really want to. And then it's become very clear that like they're, they're in debt. Like it's a, pro like they're, they don't have this money. Um, 
and or if they you know they you know it's like if we sue them we're gonna have to get in line behind um you know the people who make the dog food for them or the people who design their packaging or whatever um and so my uh my wife's father <laughs> suggested oh why don't you contact uh you know shame 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 the local news segment uh <laughs> and, and see what oh, they'll do yeah. about it <laughs> now we're talking <laughs> yeah <laughs> Uh, and so we did, and they love this story. Um, and so um, the local news, um, the local our local Fox affiliate uh, came by, shot some B-roll of the dog rolling around, got some B-roll of me pretending to draw at my desk. <laughs> I would, I was, I was hoping you were going to go. They got some B-roll of the dog rolling around. They got some B-roll of me rolling around. <laughs> 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 rolling around the apartment. Well, they love the angle that, you know, we're 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 comic book people and we named our dog Commissioner Gordon. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. all that stuff that we, you know, did in our twenties. <laughs> now when you say that they liked the the angle that you were comic book people, they understood that you weren't literally in a comic book. Well, they they did a, they had a little fun with that. Um <laughs> so in the news segment they're like, all right, and we're going to go to shame, shame, shame. And then they, they start playing the, the, the 60s Batman theme song. Nice. <laughs> and sure. The, uh, <laughs> and the host goes like, holy Pomeranian, Batman. Commissioner Gordon's in trouble. No, not this commissioner. The pooch from Brooklyn. Wow. Yeah. I love Woo-hoo. it. Love it when you, get, when you give those local news guys a chance to stretch a little bit. You know, do yeah. something out of their comfort zone. Can I just say that we have we have in our past here on Jordan Jesse Go one other New York based superlative, and that's that our friend and your new best friend Allison Rosen was New York's funniest reporter, and who knows how amazing this segment could have been had Allison Rosen, New York's funniest reporter, been assigned to the story of Commissioner Gordon, New York's cutest dog. Wow. Yeah. I- I would have loved this. I bet her Batman um, narrator voice is great. <laughs> that yeah. said, what I really loved was the fact that, they're pr- that it, it took a simple fax from their producer to um, convince them just to send us a new check. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, we had them make it out for $5,015 to cover the bounce check fee of the previous. <laughs> there you go. Um, so you're in the yeah. black. You're in the black, baby. Yeah. And we used that money to put uh, a down payment on um, the place we got married at. Hey, that's nice. Oh, How was yeah, the wedding? That's lovely. Oh, gosh. Um, <laughs> well, that dog with no eyes showed up. Oh, boy. <laughs> Had a little too much at the open bar. I know how that goes. <laughs> Jesse, you, uh, do you feel like, are there any contests you can enter your dogs into? I know they're pretty cute. Yeah. I mean, they're getting towards maybe entering like... Uh, world's least tooth dog <laughs> there you go or the like no eyes dog world's uh, creakiest dog sure yeah i mean i'm i like didn't even like i went on a i went on a hike today with a friend of the show ben harrison um and oh. uh, he he brought his dog his his wonderful uh, adorable dog darwin and uh, our friend dan wally was there he brought his dog and I didn't bring my dog because my dogs have gotten to the point in their lives where they'll go about 200 yards and then they just sit down. 
<laughs> like they're excited to leave the house, but then once they've got a little ways, they just sit and they're like, "Yeah, this goose is cooked, Dad." Do they deal well with other dogs? Do they like? Do they? Would they like play nice with the other dogs? No, not at all. Not in the slightest. In fact, they don't even like one of the one of the things that's going on in my house right now. One of my dogs, Coco, is a little older than my other dog, Sissy. Uh, Coco is about uh, 13 or 14, and, and Sissy's about 11 or 12. And Sissy is still pretty spry. Sissy's still, you know, she's not a puppy, but uh, she, she's, got a, she's got a lot of zip. And Coco mostly just goes into my closet and hides. And uh, Sissy, at some point... Like, for a long time, Coco was the boss, uh, but at some point, Sissy realized uh, that Coco was getting a little long in the tooth. You know, she sort of s- saw the weakness, and she just started attacking Coco. Oh, boy. Ooh. <laughs> and for a long time, it was enough uh, to make sure they were, like, uh, behind closed doors in different rooms when they got fed. Uh, but recently, just Sissy just started being merciless towards Coco. So Coco is basically consigned to live in our basement now. Well, that's nice. <laughs> just like a, yeah. uh, a a classic character of a nerd. Yeah, exactly. Well, what happened is I sent her to get this particular cask of Amontillado. Ah, sure. And <laughs> very fine Amontillado. No, but but for Coco is fine with it because because. Uh, my closet that she likes to hide in is in our basement, um, uh, as is our bedroom. So she gets to she gets to get in bed with us at night. Uh, uh, but but it is a it is a hot conflict here at my house, and so we just have left up the baby gate. Like my youngest child just turned four, uh, he doesn't need a baby gate up anymore. Uh, but we we leave that baby gate up uh, to to segregate these pups. Um, because uh, otherwise it would end up with uh, poor Coco's heart condition being triggered. Oh, boy. Heart condition. I know. She's got a heart condition. Her heart's too big. She loves me too much. Just, hey, <laughs> just get her get her in the basement, get her a beanbag chair, get her a fucking flashing beer sign. Oh, yeah. Get her, get her, a, get her a man cave is what you're saying. Get her a, turn the basement into a man cave uh, where she can have... Yeah, get her the, a foosball table, maybe. She can have the guys over. mm I bet a dog would love a terrible smelling candle. Oh yeah, Bump, I the, bumper pool. The candle is still in my yard, Jesse. Do you want me to bring the candle by? <laughs> by the way, Jordan, do like I've literally just listed elements of a man cave as foosball table and bumper pool, mm-hmm. uh, which I'm pretty sure is just describing the Columbia Park Boys Club that I attended when I was eight years old. Yeah, where all the men hang out. <laughs> yeah, maybe she could build a little birdhouse or shine some plastics. <laughs> Yeah, what what is the mo- I guess the modern man cave probably is uh, ha- includes a video game system. I think a modern man cave includes uh, a a full size arcade machine. Oh yeah, totally. Uh, something that the missus does not care for. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She, she's been bugging me to get rid of this thing. <laughs> it's definitely. I mean, like I'm not going to say every single man cave has this, but most of them. Have that golf game with the big trackball, right? Oh, yeah, golden tee. <laughs> yeah, golden tee. Yeah, sure. Every man cave is also a, a sports bar and a strip mall. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you got a big buck hunter in there. Nickel sure. wings. What's that? What's that game? Uh, what's that arcade game? And 
Chris, I don't know if you're a, I don't know if you're an arcade goer, but I know that Jordan, I mean, in, while we were able to go in public, would would hit up an arcade uh, even today. Oh, absolutely. What was that game where it was like a hologram of a wizard? <laughs> oh, right. Oh, I, that that game sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I know the one you're talking about, and I know I remember. I remember. It's so hard. <laughs> yeah, this was a. This was like new technology at the time, and I remember seeing a like as a kid seeing an ad in the newspaper that our Chuck E. Cheese had it. Oh, oh yeah, and like that's how. Fucking- and this was like 1988. I mean, this was a long time ago. This wasn't even like 1994, right? Uh, yeah, I'm gonna say late 80s, late 80s, early 90s. Um, and boy, yeah, I remember. So you are a cowboy. You're a hologram. Mm-hmm. You know, right. it's 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 projected up from the game, so it you know, and it's and it's it's like um, full motion video. It's photorealistic, so it looks like you're controlling, you know, like actors uh, in the cheapest Halloween costumes you've ever seen. <laughs> and if some of our younger or older listeners are imagining like the cabinet of an arcade game, and inside the cabinet of the arcade game, the like the the height of the screen is taken up by a majestic hologram or they're imagining like that full size, you know, Robert Kardashian that, uh, that Kanye got for Kim (laughs) (laughs) for Christmas or whatever it was. Uh, like if they're imagining that, no, it was like a white round thing that was like 24 inches across and the, and the holograms, as I recall, were like four or five inches tall. Yeah, it's a shitty little hologram, like the one that comes out of uh, R2-D2 in the Star Wars picture. Yes, that's exactly what it's like. <laughs> it's like the one that comes out of R2-D2, but it's a wizard and a It's a cowboy that tells, travels through time to fight a wizard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those things where it's like it has time travel, but it also it 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 yeah, it's this cowboy going to various time periods and just like gunning down people from that time. <laughs> but also just like fantasy realms too. He's like, "You're magical, huh? Well, I bet you never seen one of these motherfuckers. It's a gun and now you're dead." Yeah. <laughs> Um, I hope you enjoyed learning all those fucking magic spells over the course of your 400-year life. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking wizard, you're dead now. (laughs) Leaking out on the fucking dirt. Jesse, you're not the only one who can read out of a Wikipedia page. Excuse me. Oh, here Uh we go. Yes. Time Traveler, or Hologram Time Traveler, is a LaserDisc interactive movie game. It was designed by Dragon's Lair creator Rick Dyer, uh, another shitty game, and released in 1991 (laughs) by Sega. Uh, its plot is that an American Old West cowboy named Marshall Graham travels to various timelines to rescue Princess Kyla, K-Y-I hyphen L-A, and defeat the evil Time Lord Volcor. <laughs> in 2001, a home version was published by Digital Leisure in PC, CD-ROM, and standard DVD format. The DVD version also included a red-blue stereographic presentation intended partially to mimic the arcade original. Wow. How the fuck are we not playing that game right now on our home computers? What the f- How did we not know about this? Why didn't Justin McElroy tell us about this? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Man, yeah, boy, yeah. Our 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 childhood was filled with like gimmick arcade games that like looked cool for a second but were actually no fun. I mean, Dragon's Lair is the it, you know, is the quintessential example of that. It was a a Don Bluth animated cartoon that you could 
kind of sort of control, but it was basically just like, you know, moving the joystick when there was a blip on the screen and this cartoon played out. Anyway, um, yeah, this was kind of the Wait, same. It kind was of a play. Don Bluth cartoon. Yeah, Don Bluth animated. It's really I <laughs> uh, listen. Uh, we're all just trying to amuse ourselves on YouTube. I watched a, a playthrough of Dragon's Lair <laughs> two the other day because I, I had... Jordan. We you don't need I don't you don't need to apologize for this. We've discussed on this program the time I watched an entire fifteen minute YouTube video about uh, a machine uh, that played cassette tapes. Uh, like they were slides in a slide carousel. So go ahead. <laughs> uh, anyway, Dragon's Lair Two is is just if you remove the gameplay element, is beautiful. It's so it looks so cool. It's so uh, it's so like beautifully animated. It's got that great hand drawn animation style. Anyway, makes for a shitty video game, but they really they I mean they're they're beautiful pieces of animation. What about Pit Fighter? That's the one that I remember. Oh, Pit, Pit Fighter, Fighter was like. It was like the golden age of, you know, Street Fighter 2s right. in in arcades and they were like, "Well, we have that but with photorealistic graphics." Yeah, I mean, I think Pit Fighter kind of followed Mortal Kombat. That was Mortal Kombat's original gimmick was like, "Oh, we've have we've had this like motion capture actor um in a bad Halloween costume that you can <laughs> you can control." And yeah, Pit Fighter was like a wrestling version of Mortal Kombat. You could like grapple that was like the thing i think what what was the what was the shittiest bullshit of the of this era because i feel like there's a lot of you know i played uh i was at a barcade before uh, the nightmare descended and um i played star wars the video game you know with the with the line graphics oh yeah sure mm-hmm and I was like, this is pretty fun. Yeah, that Star Wars <laughs> game is fun. And probably at the time, I think it had a like a it, it has a muffled voice where it's like use the force and like <laughs> it's like so, and obviously the speaker is from the eighties, so it probably sounds even worse, but like I'm sure at the time, like putting a quarter in and hearing use the force was like fucking mind blowing. You're like, the future's here, this thing's talking to me. I remember when I uh, on my on my uh, my dad's PCXT uh, with a CGA, you know, four color screen or eight color screen or whatever it was, eight different greens. Um, I had this game called uh, Monday Night Football, mm-hmm. and I remember that it could get the speaker in the PC when you when you started up the game to go, "What's your security password?" <laughs> and then you had to like look something up on page two twenty four of the manual oh, or yeah. whatever. Uh, and that was the greatest thrill of my life to that point. To hear the garbled PC speaker go, my church attorney math, Martin, <laughs> was like absolutely breathtaking to me. Chris, do you, do you have a most mind-blowing video game of your youth? <laughs> Gosh, you know, if we're talking full motion video uh, games of the youth, it's it's got to be the Goosebumps game. Um, you have not talked about this on this, on this show? No, uh-uh. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Honestly, Chris, it seems like something we would have talked about on the show. I know. I'm, I, I'm like, you had to have, right? Like, <laughs> no, yeah, you're the first. Let's, no. yeah, I don't, I don't even know it existed. My nine year old is currently a, a Goosebumps obsessive and, and is watching Goosebumps, the television show, uh, which is a, is a very interesting show. I would say the number one thing that is interesting to me about it is that sometimes it's, you know, it's kids in scary situations. And sometimes the kids are just extraordinarily good at acting, like upsettingly good at acting on this show. 
And sometimes it's as though they just went to a middle school and grabbed someone at random. <laughs> like the levels of variety in the skills of the performers on the television show, truly incredible. But, but I had no idea that there was a video game of it. Oh, well, you want to talk about a uh, range of performers. Um, so this is a, it's a full motion game. It's a point and click adventure um, where you are going to the, the monster land uh, or, or horror land. I forget the name of the, the Goosebumps theme park. Um, and, uh, you know, you follow. Knott's Berry Farm. Yeah, right, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Snoopy drinks your blood and the game is over. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's how Snoopy Snoopy, uh, maintains his eternal youth. That's why Snoopy has never died, is because he drinks human blood. He does his Snoopy dance, (laughs) and he says his famous catchphrase, you're drunk. (laughs) (laughs) So you you follow these two child actors around um, as you try to figure out the secrets to the park. But eventually, you wind up in uh, the vampire boss's lair. And the vampire boss is played by Jeff Goldblum. Whoa. Holy shit. Uh, Yeah. And uh, this was always baffling to me. Uh, Until years ago, I was was randomly uh, a guest at a convention along with R.L. Stein. And um, I was I was blessed enough to have dinner with him. Whoa! And I knew exactly what I wanted to talk about <laughs> with R.L. Stein, the guy who wrote more books than I've read from any other person. Um, hey, like, what? Why was Jeff Goldblum in that video game? Uh, and his answer was was very interesting. It's because uh, this Goosebumps video game was one of the very first DreamWorks productions. Wow! And Steven Spielberg was heavily involved too. <laughs> and, uh, you know, director of the famous Goosebumps video game, Steven Spielberg comes and asks sure. Jeff Goldblum. Sure. He's going to say yes. So that was. He's that like, was it. well, I mean, given your involvement in the legendary success of E.T. the video game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Spielberg video games always turn out great. Yeah. But um, I, that game's I, great. I, man, I bought a Game Boy just so I could play Hook. <laughs> uh, yeah, boy, it is funny to think of the like DreamWorks like making that and like, well, this video game turned out bad. I guess make Shrek. <laughs> Should we make Shrek now, or try and do another game, or I don't know. <laughs> oh God, I'd love to. I'd love to play a fucking sweet laser disc video game right now. No, that sounds nice. Oh, that's the medium. That is the medium for video, video games. games never laser got disc. better. <laughs> Yeah, they really peaked with that platter of half a movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, the I, I when we're talking, hey, if we're talking about mind blowing, uh, mind blowing video game voices of the eight and sixteen bit era, uh, you guys remember Altered Beast? You guys ever play Altered Beast? That was like a werewolf something kind of deal, right? Is that a rise from your grave is the weird thing they say on that? Yeah, you're a strong man who gets stronger when you collect orbs and you bust out of your clothes. The whole thing's very erotic. You start out as a skinny man and you turn into your, but your head doesn't change. So you get buffer, but you still have a small head. You bust out of your clothes. Eventually you turn into a werewolf. Uh, the yes, the game starts with rise from your grave, but eventually, oh, yeah, when okay, you get yeah. the boss, it's welcome to your doom. <laughs> it's so good. 
It's like the, it's like my favorite, my favorite vocal performance is whoever said, "Welcome to your doom." It's a really, it's a short game too. Like you can, you know, just spend like an hour on it. Yeah, I think you know. Rise from your grave. Welcome to your doom, and have lunch. You're out. <laughs> it was actually Jordan. It was Bette Midler. Really? Mm-hmm. Ah, oh, she's great. Great in everything. She was really hot at the time. You know, she had uh, from a distance and all that. You know, <laughs> right. <laughs> Wind beneath my wings. Welcome to your yeah. doom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I had a video. I'm. I am ninety percent sure I had a computer game that starred Edward James Olmos. There was a hot. Yes. Yeah. There was that in that full motion video uh, trend. Like, there's some like weird. There's some weird cameos by weird huge people. It's possible it was an adaptation of Stand and Deliver, but I'm not confident on that. Teaches you how to take the AP math test. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay, let's take a break. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jessica. It's Jordan, Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Jordan, can I tell you something? Yes, please. Every single time we do this show, you know who's, you know who's paving the road in front of us? The members of MaximumFun.org. They're All the, the folks who've gone to MaximumFun.org slash join. We're grateful to every single one of you. Enjoy those pins as they start to show up on your doorstep. Uh, thank you. We love you. You're the greatest. This week... We are also supported by our friends at Zip Recruiter. Mm-hmm. Jordan, I'm a small business owner. Did you know that? I knew you were a small business owner. I've always, I've always wanted to ask you, as a small business owner, are there challenges? Like, are there challenges that come with being a small business owner? I've always wanted to know. No, not at all. Oh, okay. <laughs> Maybe I no, should do easy. it. <laughs> it's easy. Yeah, I don't know. I don't understand why you're still why you're still working stiff when you could just be a small business owner. It's as it's as easy as it gets. All you got to do is, oh God, damn it! Shit, shit, shit! Oh no, what's happening? I have to do hiring, and it's so hard to find qualified candidates. <laughs> oh no, a sound is happening. <laughs> Something a bad sound. That I can't see because we're not using video. Jesse, I think I have a solution for you. I, I know. don't want to have to find candidates, Jordan. I, I took my headphones off and threw them oh, to emphasize the boy. point. Here, put 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 the cans back on because I, I think I got the solution. It's the website, ziprecruiter.com slash JJGo. Here's what happens. They find you great candidates to hire. I mean, sure, you could post your job to some job board, but then all you can do is hope the right person comes along. But ZipRecruiter helps helps take all the guesswork out. They use powerful technology to actively find and invite quality candidates to apply to the job. It's no wonder that four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. You know what the technology they use is? Hmm. A lot of people don't know this. Gundam suits. Whoa, cool. <laughs> yeah, it's some fucking Robotech shit. Sweet. It is amazing. Here's your candidates. So while other companies may overwhelm you with applications to sift through, ZipRecruiter finds you what you're looking for, the needle in the haystack. 
Yeah. God, I love that zip recruiter. Zip recruiter. Oh, Here, All see for problems. yourself. See for yourself. It's going to help you. You go to ziprecruiter.com slash JJGo and you can try it for free. Free. There's no reason not to try it. You can do it for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash JJGo. Uh, give it a shot. Find that needle. Get Keep your hands out of that filthy haystack. ZipRecruiter. It's Earth's last best hope. <laughs> uh, Jesse... I have a an installment of the uh, fan favorite JJ Go segment, um, independent bookstores where people have pre-ordered the upcoming Bubble graphic novel. Why this is the graphic novel? What an amazing coincidence! I think this is the graphic novel my friend Jordan co-wrote. That's true. I co-wrote it with a uh, beloved JJ Go regular Sarah Morgan, the artist by the. She's fantastic- my friend too. Oh, holy she, cow! My friend and yours, friend of the program, f- friend of Max Fun, Sarah Morgan. A hilarious writer, uh, the great comic book artist Tony Cliff, doing the uh, do, doing the doing the art for this thing. Natalie Reese doing the covers, uh, the colors. Um, just a just a a, a a cooler team of talented geniuses. Uh, I, I I could not have hoped for to accompany me in this comic book adventure. Uh, yeah, I, move over, hidden figures. <laughs> So people have been pre-ordering, which is great. Bad news, early the Beatles. <laughs> uh, people have been pre-ordering. It's great. Not only uh, does it help the book, uh, but it helps uh, your local independent bookstore, which might be going through a tough time right about now. Uh, so here's some places. Uh, maybe there's something. Uh, maybe there's one in your neighborhood that you could check out. Uh, we have had a, a, a number of people tell me they have pre-ordered from Books Are Magic in Brooklyn. So, oh yeah, Brooklyn. That's, a, that's like the official. That's like the official independent bookstore of Maximum Fun, except for that I would like them to like give us money for that title or something. Sure. But, <laughs> but the that's official the unofficial like, bookstore. That's the one that that's. Uh, I think it's near Hodgman's house, and he, he just wanders over there and signs books whenever they need him to. Oh man, Books Are Magic in Brooklyn. A lot, a lot of people pre-ordering from this spot. Uh, Brooklyn, I think, you know, we were all kind of surprised they did not come out of the gate strong uh, mm-hmm. uh, for this challenge, but they've come roaring back. Brooklyn, Brooklyn has really had a strong showing in this uh, uh, reserving bubble at the independent bookstore challenge. We, I feel like we can always count on Brooklyn, New York City, where they paint pictures of Biggie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they love Biggie. They love Bubble. Mm-hmm. Uh, Women and Children First in Chicago, Illinois. Uh, the Little Boho Bookshop in Bayonne, New Jersey. Watermark oh. Books in Wichita, Kansas. Atomic Books in Baltimore, Maryland. Pilgrim's Way Bookstore and Secret Garden at uh, Carmel by the Sea, California. Yeah, um, we we dominate in Carmel. They they love us in Carmel. Uh, you know why? <laughs> Eastwood's close to death. We're the next best thing. Yeah. I definitely, uh, every time somebody tells me about their bookstore they're pre-ordering at, I like to just Google the bookstore and imagine I'm visiting it. And this one legitimately has a secret garden attached to it. So, uh, so dope. If you're in Can Carmel, I tell you but... something? I've been reading the book. That, you know this book, The Secret Garden? Yes. <laughs> I've been reading that with uh, my daughter, Grace. Yeah? She's loving it? Great book. I recommend it. Why yeah, not pre-order a copy of The great. Secret Garden uh, when you're pre-ordering Bubble? Yeah, Throw it in there. Yeah, I don't You'll think you enjoy have to, it. Mary Hodgson's Burnett. No, you got to pre-order that. It's it's nineteen eleven. <laughs> <laughs> I think. Uh, 
We got Fran- Francie and Finch in Lincoln, Nebraska. Uh, Brookline, Br- Brookline Booksmith in Brookline, Massachusetts. Half Off Books in uh, Fullerton, California. Hey, the first Orange County entrant. Hold on, Jordan. Yes. I want people to pay full price for your book. That's true. Even if you get it from Half Off Books in Fullerton, just 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 t- just give them the full amount. Do- whatever they're charging, double it. Give them the money. To, and then tell them to give the money to the publisher. Just don't listen to half off books in Fullerton. Pay them twice, yeah. t- twice what they're charging. Fucking half off yeah. books. Order two of them, but only keep one of them. There you go. Throw the other one in the trash. Jordan, you're the biggest thing to come out of Orange County since I don't know uh, skateboards or whatever. Yeah, skateboards. Uh, Will Ferrell. Frosted, frosted tips and lifted cars. And- People who won't wear masks because they care too much about their personal freedoms. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> really good pho. Oh, yeah. Uh, you can pre-order it from Green Apple mm. Books in San mm. Francisco. Mm. I'm having uh, a really good warm drink. Sorry. It's <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, Green Apple Books in San Francisco. You can pre-order Bubble from there. Uh, oh, this is a really cool one. Mega Brain Comics in Rochester, New York. Um, this is a really, really cool uh, Max Fun fan who owns just basically the coolest looking store I've ever seen. They do comics, they do records, they have classic arcade games. It's uh, It looks like an awesome place. Um, and I know a lot of bookstores will do this, but I definitely know that if you want to order it from Megabrain, um, they will ship uh, They will ship anywhere. I don't know if it's worldwide, but I, I, I think definitely in the U.S. So if you uh, don't have an indie bookstore or a comic book store that you love in your neighborhood, uh, yeah, maybe grab it from Megabrain. You'll be supporting a, a really cool small business uh, that is owned by Max Fun fans. Um, we got the old Firehouse Books in Fort Collins, Colorado. And Donner in Rottenham, Netherlands. Uh, our first order from the Netherlands that I know of. Mm. So that's Donner's uh, great. That's I nice. hear they they have great parties there. <laughs> oh, Jesse, there's uh, something I need to tell you about how that old Donner party turned out. <laughs> you, uh, you only read half that story. <laughs> mm. Um, let's see, what's it? Oh, uh, a, a nice Redditor named Maction G pre-ordered it for his library patrons at the Chicago Public Library. I thought that was nice. Chicago, that's one of America's biggest and most wonderful cities. Pick it up from your public library in Chicago. Thanks for, thank, thanks to Maction G from Reddit. Uh, except, by the way, I said it was wonderful, except in winter or summer. Yeah. Then it's a real nightmare. <laughs> but oh, that, it's pretty much number one. Yeah. Uh, books on Beachwood in Ottawa, Canada. That's nice to have a Canadian entrant. Uh, Tony Cliff, the artist, is uh, is a Canadian fellow, so it's nice that Canada is uh, representing. And of course, Riff Raff in Providence, Rhode Island. Yeah. <laughs> Just That's ordered it straight from the rapper Riff Raff. <laughs> right. That's what it's, he does now. He sells. He sells. Uh, he sells uh, uh, books now. Well, I mean, I think he, the thing everybody said about 2020 it was the year of pivoting. So yeah, you can only spring break for so long. You know what I mean? <laughs> now he's he's refocused on book selling. Book selling in Providence, Rhode Island. <laughs> everybody should pre-order Bubble. Uh, it's going to be pretty amazing. I've I've uh, I, I got to look. I'm not bragging, but I've seen some PDFs. I've got, I'm on a, I'm on. A, I get BCC'd with a PDF. Okay, sure. I've seen the yeah. PDFs on the BCC. It's fucking awesome. 
Yeah, it's it's really awesome. It's a it, it it's a big old graphic novel sized uh, sized graphic novel. Uh, I know a lot. Of, some people are like, "Oh, is this a single issue? Is this just a floppy?" No, this is a this is a big complete story. Um, you know, Jordan's never floppy. The man comes hard. Sure, but you can actually get it in hardback and softback. I should mention oh, thank you. hardback. Hardback is really beautiful and collectible. Um, yeah. but it's you know available in softback if you're. You know, if that's how you like to read your comics. Uh, if you've pre-ordered Bubble somewhere, uh, yeah, hit me up online somehow. Let me know, and I'll, I'll shout them out on the podcast. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. It's Jordan, Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morse, boy detective. Chris Hastings, opera house ghost. Yeah. One of the top types of ghost. It's a classy ghost. Jordan, what, what would you say are your top three ghosts? Top three ghosts. Uh, well, I mean, you know, I'm a sucker for a pirate ghost. Uh, right. You know, <laughs> dead men tell no tales. I'm a little basic like that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a little basic. I love Target and pirate basic. ghosts. Yeah, Target, uh, I call it. That's fun. <laughs> you go in for a couple of things, you end up spending 50 bucks. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, let's see. Pirate ghosts. And then, yeah, I think Target ghosts. Um, and then Opera House Ghosts. I don't know. Do you do you guys have have top ghosts? It's mm. a really good question. I mean, I'm gonna say like uh, Edwardian little girl. Yep. Mm, That's got to be on my yeah. top ghost list. Um, I'm gonna say with the most. Mm-hmm. Is gonna be Ooh. on the list there. Right. So Beetlejuice then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, gee whiz, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna go with pepper, the famous extra spicy hot pepper. Right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh gosh, I just hope I just hope that the uh, the opera ghost doesn't just turn out to be a, a creepy guy with the crush on the main singer who just lives in the basement. Yeah, yeah. that'd be a real fucking. That would bummer. be embarrassing. Be who bummer. among us hasn't had a, a crush on the main opera singer? You know. And, you know, uh, I mean, personally, I'd take a sub singer at this point, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'd take a dom but, singer. Am I right? <laughs> sure. I'll take a singer. Yeah. <laughs> anyone, anyone who sings, <laughs> please. I'm so lonely. <laughs> please. It's a before the invention of the record player. It's the only way I can hear music. <laughs> More of this character. (laughs) (laughs) He knows about inventions that are going to be invented. (laughs) I'm from the past, so sometimes I slow down my talking. It indicates longing. If only my wife were swift of feet because email has not been invented yet and I need her to send out my many letters. (laughs) To Oprah. Also, this guy relies on his wife for every modern invention. (laughs) He wants his love life to bring him the conveniences of the modern world. (laughs) Uh, All I want is a... 
is to share a bed with a nice hot pocket. <laughs> yeah, if, don't we if all? <laughs> if only my one true love could bring me the convenience of seltzer at home. <laughs> <laughs> and hopefully not involved in any weird Israel and Palestine stuff. <laughs> Without the occupied territories, which I know about. Okay, when something momentous happens to you, like you find just the right romantic partner to... Uh, quickly and evenly reheat your food uh give us a call 206-984-4-FUN or just send us a voice memo at jjgo at maximumfun.org um as has done this person now hey jordan jesse go this is chuck calling from morton grove in Illinois, uh, my wife and I and our daughter recently moved here from Logan Square in Chicago. So my wife is a little particular about the impression we cast uh, on our new neighbors. So, which is why uh, moments ago she burst into my studio uh, to berate me about leaving stuffed animals uh, so that they're looking out the front window. Um, I mean, mainly this is just baby penguin and baby gorilla, but also, as of today, uh, new worried sheep. Uh, I got new worried sheep yesterday at the grocery store, and uh, sometimes they need to look out the front window, and my wife asked me, why do you insist on doing this? <clears throat> anyway, uh, uh, happy birthday 2021 or something. I don't know what the cat's phrase is. Bye. <laughs> This guy is not even... This is like a fever dream he's having. Yeah. He's just saying... This is like... You know when you watch one of those videos online where a news reporter is talking real words and then they start saying not real words and it turns out they were having like a neurological incident of some kind? Mm-hmm. Every single part, right from when he said something something Illinois <laughs> all the way through new worried sheep... Uh, I was pretty sure was that. I was, yeah, I guess the online video I would liken it to is like filming your kid after they've gotten nitrous at the dentist. God. <laughs> why, why is the internet now, now the internet is for organizing, you know, white supremacist insurrections. Uh-huh. Back then, it was for showing what children did and said against their will when they were high on drugs yes and that's that's good clean fun of course taking taking wonderful trips through the world of e-bomb yes <laughs> we would these days you know these days kelsey grammar tells us about uh why we should have an insane strongman president but back then back then he fell off a stage and then was really polite about it. Yeah. <laughs> you were like, yeah. man, this is impressive. Yeah. Better, I mean, better, better days. I mean, I, you know, listen, I, I know it's, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and say it. That was better. Yeah, it was. Let's go back to watching all videos in QuickTime players and maybe the world will kind of set itself right. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? Why don't we stop going to Twitter.com and start going to 
jibjab.com. <laughs> right. <laughs> Did we address on this show the fact that I got direct mail for jibjab.com in the last election cycle? No. Uh-uh. What did, is it because I bought something from Land's End? What gets you on the mailing list to get a postcard advertising jib jab? <laughs> I, I, was it related to the election? Yeah, well, I mean, uh, the jib jab is uh, probably second only to the Borowitz report in trenchant satire of America's <laughs> political scene. <laughs> Yeah, it was it was jib it was like a promo to go watch jib jab videos on jib jab. <laughs> I think it was sent to me by I don't know John Kerry. <laughs> um, but I really did. It was like an actual physical postcard I got in the mail. I guess jib jab is getting their money's worth right now. Yeah, right. We're already. Uh, yeah, I mean, as far as I know, they didn't pay for this ad. Yeah. So let's. See. I mean. It had a saw buck tucked into it. All right. Well, oh, whatever that is. It looks like what Jib Jab does <laughs> now is you can put your face or the face of someone you know, like into a into a little video. Ah, uh, I would love to put my face into Swift Boat Veterans for <laughs> for Bush. <laughs> right. <laughs> so so Jib Jab does deep fakes now. <laughs> Yes, Jib Jab is all deep fakes. Yeah. <laughs> Jib Jab just has a, a whole section dedicated to making Hillary Clinton seem drunk. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, let's do uh, let's do one more call. Hi, Jordan, Jesse, and guest. I'm going to guess Paula Poundstone. <laughs> uh, my name's Alec. I'm calling from Salt Lake City, Utah. Rudner. Uh, I was uh, just uh, on my drive home from work, and I got a phone call on my headphones here. Um, just one of those spam calls, a, a robotic voice tells me that the Department of Social Security has uh, deleted my number and that I need to call them and uh, figure it out. So I kind of like to just for fun. And when they connected me with someone, um, I just started making fart noises and... Uh, Lo and behold, the, the the guy on the other end of the phone starts trying to communicate with me via a fart noise as well. And we, we held a conversation for probably about three or four minutes of just <laughs> until uh, he finally gave up. I wasn't willing to give up. And he said, well, that's enough for today <laughs> and hung up the phone. Anyway, uh, thanks for being great and bye. You know, they. I feel like a lot of people think that there's. It's impossible to have, to build bridges between cultures. You know. Right. Yeah. We're we're just but, too different. They say. You know what I say to them, Jordan? Hmm. <laughs> yes. Ooh. To all of our brothers and sisters in all of the cultures around the world. <laughs> We must we must let our children lead the way. <laughs> this is what I remember Epcot being like. I took a family trip to Epcot as a kid. And I think it was all this. Yeah, they just give you beans at the front gate. All <laughs> right. Have you fart along with some real kind of vague inspirational messages? Big plate of juicy beans. <laughs> I don't appreciate how gross the show has gotten. <laughs> We used to, Chris, I don't know what you did to us. We used to keep this thing clean. 
Oh, yeah. Sorry, I'm not Chris. I'm Paula Poundstone. Oh. <laughs> Paula. Oh, welcome back to our podcast network. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. Um, you know, when your hunger's poking at you, poking at you. Uh, great, to, great to be on a podcast. Uh, 206-984-4FUN or send a voice memo to jjgo at maximumfun.org. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. La, 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 la. I'm Judge John Hodgman. And I'm bailiff Jesse Thorne. Ten years ago, I came on Jordan Jesse Go and judged my first dispute. Is chili a soup? It's a stew, obviously. The judge has dispensed a decade of justice. He's the one person wise enough to answer the really important questions. Like, should you hire a mime to perform at your own funeral? After they cry, I want them to laugh. Do you really need a tank full of jellyfish in your den? They smell like living creatures decaying. (laughs) Only if they are decaying. Yeah, which they will be. Real people, real justice, real comedy. Winner of the Webby Award for Best Comedy Podcast. The Judge John Hodgman Podcast, every Wednesday on MaximumFun.org. Hey, it's Jesse. What you're about to hear is real. Hey, this is Chris. Hi, Chris. It's Jesse calling from Maximum Fun. Hey, Jesse. I heard that you got into a car accident. Yeah, I was listening to Stop Podcasting Yourself, and I just laughed so hard that I uh, slammed into a construction barrier. Do <laughs> uh... you remember what it was that was so funny? I will never forget, I'm sure. They started talking about Vegas and the, you know, if it happens here, it stays here, and that slogan. And then Graham was talking about, oh, you know, wasn't there some other slogan for another commercial? I was like a... Commercial for food, and it said, like, whatever's in there stays in there. I can't remember what it was, clams or something. (laughs) 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 Clams? Just so ridiculous. And, man, I got lightheaded. I was laughing so hard. (laughs) Next thing I know, (laughs) smash. They are are just brilliantly funny. So I talked to Dave and Graham from Stop Podcasting Yourself. We would like to pay your car repair bill. Is that okay? That, I mean, that would be super nice, Jesse. I really, I, thank you. I appreciate that. It's Jordan, Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's Radio Sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. And Chris Hastings, the phantom of the opera. <laughs> I knew it. Oh. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> You've, you got the rights in between the second and third segments of the program. <laughs> Yeah, I don't have to dance around it anymore. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you got Universal's like, lawyers on the phone. Disney bought Fox. And <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> you put it in three episodes of Howard the Duck. <laughs> it's all nice and legal. <laughs> God, I would, love for, I would love for putting something in three issues of Howard the Duck to be the new hole in the sheet. You know what I mean? Like, sure. any, you're good with God <laughs> on anything as long as you put it in three issues of Howard the Duck. <laughs> yeah, you can, you can cheat, <laughs> cheat on your wife in three episodes of Howard the Duck. Yeah. <laughs> the Lord careth not. Uh, Christopher Hastings, what, what have you got out there that our audience can enjoy at this time? Oh, what a generous question for you to ask me. Sure. Um, 
you know, my main thing right now is I, I do the the Rude Tales of Magic podcast, which you previously mentioned, um, where you know a bunch of comedians uh, and uh, we all we all play Dungeons and Dragons, and um, uh, it's more of an excuse to sort of do comedy with some light dice rolling. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. I like it. I've also been. I also uh, took to Twitter to enjoy your uh, Wario Noir series. Oh, thank you. Uh, or yeah. Noario. <laughs> Noario, yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, when I had a little time on my hands, I decided to uh, write and draw a series of comics where Wario from the uh, Super Mario. We know who Wario of course, is. <laughs> uh, Wario, Wario's meat, <laughs> right? Yes, meat and pork. Yeah, <laughs> um, is a is a is a hard boiled detective trying to solve the mystery of Super Mario's murder. Wow, his oldest foe. How ironic. Mm. Can I be frank with you about how I felt about this uh, comic that that I uh, looked at, Christopher? Please. I felt it was too finely crafted. <laughs> I was upset. That's... I was worried that you had put too much work into it. Yeah. Um, I didn't make any money from that whatsoever. <laughs> and I did work harder on it than a lot of things. <laughs> I was um, like, this man yeah. is using his talent for this? Yep. Yeah. Uh, and I still do stupid comics like that. Um, uh, but I do them at a much slower pace now as I am busy with real work, you know, doing uh, things where a bunch of different colored Sonyas uh, fight each other. <laughs> uh, uh, oh, we, did, we talked about that off mic. The Sonyaversal, the, the series where uh, the, um, the barbarian character, Red Sonya, faces off against a purple Sonya, who is a Sonya who has a mech. And a green Sonya, who's a Sonya that can turn into a dinosaur. And an orange Sonya, who is a cyborg. Uh, and a yellow Sonya, who's a steampunk. It, it, blue Sonya is like the Punisher, etc. Wow. Et What's the difference between um, a mech and a cyborg? Oh, well, a mech is a giant robot that you pilot. And a cyborg is short for a cybernetic organism. So it's a mix of machine and man. Oh. What do you make the, what do you make the giant uh, pilot thing out of? Uh, I think that's just pure machine. Okay. I uh, I picked up the first episode of this uh, Sonyaversal. As I mentioned, I, I, I love to read a uh, Chris Hastings comic product, and uh, it's great. I don't have any attachment to the Red Sonya property apart from, you know, maybe having seen the movie at a sleepover as a kid. And like, it's it's great. It is. <laughs> uh, it's 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 crazy and fun, and, and definitely. Uh, uh, yeah, it does. It, I think it does. It does. It does what Chris Hastings does so well. It's like. It is have fun with how crazy comics can be because it's like oh, they should be you. right. They should be crazy. That's why you get these things. Anyway, yeah, I yeah. Why not? You, all you got to do is draw it, and it's right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's my my main thing is I, I do really like to take what on paper looks to be the dumbest thing on the planet, whether it be um uh you know a Gwen Stacy Deadpool or a Doctor Ninja or a Wario Detective, and um force the reader to care about it like really like like be like no these are people too yeah like this dumb thing yeah. is a person well, respect I mean, this mech <laughs> respect the mech that was my that was my favorite wu-tang clan single <laughs> uh well christopher hastings a joy to have you on the program uh you can uh find him podcasting and, and comic book writing across this great nation 
Our producer on the podcast, Brian Sunny D. Fernandez. Our theme music, Love You by The Free Design, courtesy of The Free Design and Light in the Attic Records. Jordan, did you hear that this is in a new movie? <laughs> uh, I think I think so. I think we talked about it last time. I think uh, Linda Holmes uh, braced us for the deluge of people pointing out that uh, that our theme song is going to be in another movie. Yeah, I'm building a bulwark right now. I'm not oh. 100% on what a bulwark <laughs> is, but I'm I'm you know, I'm I'm learning by doing. <laughs> um, uh, you can find us on Twitter at Jesse Thorne at Jordan underscore Morris. We're on Instagram now at Jordan David Morris and at put dot this dot on. Just if you subscribe to mine, just be prepared for fit pics. Yeah, that's right. I'm posting <laughs> fit pics. Um, w I W T, what I wore today. Um, you can find us on Twitter with the hashtag JJGo, on Reddit at MaximumFun.Reddit.com. On Facebook, you can like Jordan, Jesse, Go, or join the Maximum Fun Facebook group. Hey, I've, uh, I've heard about all these folks uh, with pins showing up. Uh, I've, I forgot our pin was a skateboard that said table on it. Uh, that's really great. Um, and uh, uh, so thanks to everybody. If you've got a pin showing up, our, our thanks to you. Uh, not only for supporting Maximum Fun, but in most cases also uh, supporting direct relief for uh, people who are suffering because of COVID. Uh, we, between the money that the pin sale made and the money that Max Fund donated, uh, we gave over $100,000 to direct support for, uh, uh, for COVID-19. And uh, so that is really awesome. I hope you wear those pins proudly, uh, knowing that you also did some good in the world. I think that's it. We'll talk to you next time on Jordan Jesse Go. Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported. Welcome to your doom.